friends we are back with another conversation and um as you can tell on my board let's talk gender roles the title of today's conversation should he be paying all the bills all right he should he pay the bills let's talk gender roles um if you are on let us know that you are watching let us know that you are on and let us know where you are watching from waiting for the friends to get on Hey, 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 make sure you share. Let us know that you're on. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Reflections of Conversation with Friends. All right, let's go ahead and add on the friends. So tonight, again, we are talking gender roles. So yesterday, we were supposed to go on live, um, but we postponed till today because we wanted everyone to be in on this conversation, all right? Hey, Monica. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Good. 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 It's good. Sunday. We usually come meet on Saturdays. Today is Sunday, a different day. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm more relaxed on Sunday. I'm yeah. very mellowed out, <laughs> ready for the week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lafayette. Yeah. Hey. How's it going? Good. Ooh, we got Alexis on. Hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Hey, Villar. What it is, what it ain't. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. All right, y'all. So today is Sunday. Obviously, so this is not the normal day we get on live. Um, but we wanted everybody in on this conversation. As you can tell from my board, we are talking gender roles. Now. In the society, in the century that we live in, this can be a, kind of a controversial topic because everybody has their certain ideas or their certain beliefs when it comes to gender roles and feminism. Um, so I wanted to bring forth this conversation with our own backgrounds, our own, own understanding, um, and whether or not we follow suit or we follow um, along the lines of gender roles and if we apply that in our own lives. So... Um, before we even like get into the conversation, y'all know I like to ask definitions. So um, I guess give me your definition of gender roles. Yes. I mean, I'll start because okay. I'm probably going to be the most generic. But when I hear gender roles, I think of it from a generalized perspective, not like very virtualistic or like this is your job this is your position um so i just think that women um have a gender role of just being like nurturers caretakers you know and men are more so the providers and the protectors so that's just like my generalized um idea of gender roles okay i'd say gender roles are expectations or duties that we expect from men and women mm -hmm. You're on mute. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, for me, gender roles, I would say is, um, I don't want to say job description of a gender, but it's more so, um, dang, I don't even know. I don't know the right words to say. How about that? I don't know the right words to say, but I would say like uh, a job I don't even want to say job description because that does not even make sense. I don't know. Um, I, I have the words, but I don't know how to put it in words. So, yeah. 
or actually, let me just say this, the role <laughs> of a gender, pretty much. Um, what the basically the part that they play in um, based on their gender. That's that's the best way I can put it. Okay. What happened to Samantha? We'll be back after this commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys feel like we should have to abide by gender roles? I you know, I asked that question. I, do not. I think that hmm. people well to an extent, I think that men are by nature providers. Um and I would say that generally women have some nurturing quality or they're able to make the house feel like a home. Um, and But no, I don't feel like it's set in stone. So if I can cook and you make more money than me and I get off at 3 p.m. and you work in, in the night, I can cook and have the house clean. Mm -hmm. um, that's not something that's going to hurt right. me too much take my manhood, you know? So I definitely think that there are exceptions to every rule. That is true. Um, I would say it does matter in some cases, okay? Because um, for instance, I see a lot of men feminize intercession in the church. They think um, intercession or uh, a prayer group is a woman thing and that preaching is a man thing. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we feminize and we womanize um, something that God has called everybody to do. Um, so what, what I would say is concerning the roles of a gender, of course, God made each and every person unique in their own way, but he also made the male and the female, you know, two different ways. And he was very intentional in how he did that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the man, of course, like Lafayette said, he is the provider. Um, you know, the man is the protector and he is the leader of the home when we when we regard that with marriage. Um, the woman, she is the nurturer and she is the multiplier, right? You know, when you give a woman a seed, what she does, she gives you babies. When you give a woman, a you know, $200, what they do, they give you groceries. So a woman is able to multiply a seed, you know what I'm saying? So I believe a woman carries the power of multiplication and when she does her part, you know what I'm saying, things go well, because of course she can't give seed. Only men can. So when we, so when it comes to gender roles, it does matter to an extent the way God created it. But then yet again, um, we don't want to feminize um, washing dishes or cleaning the house because we both can do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But can I just say, as a woman, that is very refreshing to hear from a male's perspective, because like you said, in general terms, we do have our roles. We do have our responsibilities. And if we do that in conjunction, both men and women, then we can actually come together and have that partnership that God um, intended. Um, but a lot of times, a lot of people expect for us to be to look one certain way and they get challenged. I know Sam was going to ask a question about like your masculinity, masculinity or femininity is that challenge by the opposite sex when they're operating in their role. And I just feel like that shouldn't be the case, because if you're both bringing to the table what you're supposed to, you're supposed to mesh. Um, and I feel like as women, you know, sometimes we're frowned upon if we're making more than our spouse. Um, but we got to realize that things are different. You know, times have changed. And I feel like women, we have the same ambitions in a sense, like, let me go get this money. Not necessarily like I'm all independent. I can do it by myself. I don't need a man. 
But at the same time, just having the mind frame of, I want to be able to make money too. Like, I don't want to have to stay in this role of, you know, plateauing at a certain point just because I don't want to make more than my spouse or my husband. And I think that's when it comes down to the conversation of like bill payers. And I know we're going to get into that too. So I'm going to kind of step back now. But um, I just think that we should be coming in conjunction and it shouldn't be like, oh, well, she's doing this and she's doing that. And she's out of place. She's out of line. Um, I think we should just be coming together in our own roles. Yeah, I do believe in helping each other out in our roles because, of course, you know, God sent a woman to be a helper. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't excuse the man for not being a helper, too. You know what I'm saying? Because he's supposed to, you know, help the wife. And, you know, it, it's it's a uh, it's a collective thing that comes together. You know what I'm saying? So say, for instance, um, if, a, if, if we just womanize um, certain functions that are just normal for every human being to do, like washing dishes, sweeping the floor, doing laundry, um, they're going to be doing everything all around the house. And we're just what, supposed to just sit there and be like, well, I work today. I'm the work, you know, I'm, I'm a provider. So I did my job. Now you got to do your job. No, like split it. Like me in our household, I clean the bathrooms and she'll clean all the rest of the stuff. Cause she don't like touching bathrooms. So I'll clean the bathrooms. You know what I'm saying? I do the laundry. I'll fold. She can do laundry. She folds. Um, she cooks more, more than me because, you know, me, I don't really know how to cook, but, you know, I can cook up a good hamburger, cheeseburger, a good <laughs> eggs, uh, you know, pancakes and all that good. I can cook. OK, I could. You just got to follow the directions on you. That's it. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, it's all about helping each other. And, um, yeah. That's good. OK, guys, I'm back. Sorry. But, um <laughs> My power went out, uh, but it's been now, so praise God. Right. <laughs> um, so we just, when, before I left, we were defining gender roles. And um, so I, I guess you guys, you guys took off. I didn't know if you guys were, y'all got off as well, but I guess you guys were on. So that's great. You guys were carrying on the conversation. Um, but I wanted to give um, this definition of gender roles that I found on Planned Parenthood. And um, it states that gender roles in society means how we're expected to act speak, dress, groom, and conduct ourselves based upon our assigned sex. Um, and that's basically what um, what was defined when you guys gave your definition. So basically, it's this societal norm um, that is specific to gender. And I heard Villard saying that in, you know, in his household that he's married and they you know share the responsibilities, right? So I guess in your household, it's not more so you know, this is your, this is your duty. This is your responsibility as a woman, but it's this, there's like a shared value there. Right. That's what you're saying. Um, so do we believe in gender roles? Yes. When it comes to the role of a gender, it's more so, um, the job that each sex holds. Cause we know there's certain things a man can do that a woman can't do and a woman can do that, um, that men can do, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we don't want to go too far in the feminist movement because that is a movement that's trying to arise, you know, trying to kind of do man things or trying to overpower man to where like submission to a husband is is not no longer an option. But now it's like, you know, well, I'm a woman, too. I can do, you know, what I'm saying and it's not wrong to think that, you know, you're a woman, you can work a job and you can, you know, do certain things. But there's certain things that God did not design a woman to do 
because um, the man is supposed to take over that role. Like, for example, the woman is not supposed to leave the house. That's not her responsibility. And it's not so in the case of she's weaker, but it's because that is the job title of a man to do. You know what I'm saying? There's different anointings that each uh, sex has. And um, and we are to fulfill that role. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I know, you know, we're going to talk more deeper into that. But um, I know that, you know, my wife can't leave the home because she was not given that grace to do. You know what I'm saying? And I can't allow myself to follow my wife's leading because that's not the order that God has intended um, for marriage. He, he intended a specific order. And that does not mean that she doesn't hear from God. She hears from God, everything like that. But it just means that God has a certain order. And if we are to move in the blessings of God and move in God's way and do things God's way, um, we're going to have to follow his order. I would say I believe in them, but uh, not as strictly. Um, I grew up seeing my dad do my sister's hair. Um, and my mom worked 13 hour shifts. Um, my dad was a great man, but my mom was the breadwinner. So in a way she is the provider, but she respected him enough to still make the decisions that need to be made, whatever, whatever. So that's how I see it. Like, I don't feel like, like if I were married and my wife told me, Hey, we need to do this. If I trust the anointing on my wife's life and I know she hears from God, we're doing it. Like, it's not me. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's just how I see it. Like, I believe that we all have functions, but I do think there are exceptions. And I do think there are times when maybe I'm not right and she is or vice versa. And to me, since we're one anyway, I trust you. It, You know, it's no big deal. If I married you, I trust you to that extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that to a certain extent, yes, we should be following our gender roles. Um, but at the same time, I say on the other side of that, a lot of women, when they see their man or their spouse or their husband not performing up to his fullest capabilities or expectations, they feel the necessity to now overstep and make up for what he's lacking. And I don't think that's what God intended. I think that God intended us for more so to be that supporter, to be that person that's going to help him get in a position of where he's supposed to be to lead our family. Um, if I see that my husband is struggling financially, it's not my job to just say, okay, well, I'm taking over everything. You know, don't worry about it. I got this and demean your spouse. It's a time now to say, what can we do? What job applications can we fill out? Like, what can we do together to make sure that you're in a space that you need to be in to um, fulfill the duties that God has called for you to do. Um, and that does not mean that I'm not working. It doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, still doing these duties as well. But I think that it's important that we don't take men out of their role just because they're not performing to their fullest capability. And also, I think that it's important that when you're dating, you're also holding your men to that same expectation. Because if not, now you're lowering your expectation based off of what you don't see. But if you continue to just say, well, it's because I don't see it, because I don't see any men producing what my expectations are, I'm going to lower my standard now you will never be able to reach what you originally expected so i think that it's more so our jobs to be that nurturer to be that supporter and i think god meant that not to make us smaller or lesser than who we are but to push us in the direction of really uplifting our household i mean that's really what we're for we're there to undergird we're there to really make sure that everything is flowing while our husband is the head of the household right 
Um, so the question was, um, do we believe in gender roles? And um, I, I'm kind of like where um, all of you guys, what you guys said, um, that's kind of how like whether or not I believe it or not, I do believe that there are certain um, assignments that are assigned to our certain gender. Um, but when we talk about like society and the expectations that are, that are put on us as a woman and a man, I feel like it can be, um, I don't know, like kind of like problematic because then when we have, <clears throat> sorry, when we have males who are doing things like, I don't know, doing hair like Lafayette's dad, you know what I mean? Like sometimes they see this person as, okay, well, that's a woman's duty, but I'm a man doing it. So then does, then I feel like sometimes like the other, the opposite sex feels like they're the others to me because it's just like if you're saying this is a woman's job but i find pleasure in doing it does that say i'm a woman so i see that it kind of problematic um when we have like certain expectations on a, just a certain gender but i do believe that there are certain assignments that are specifically for the, the the husband for the wife for the man for the woman like Villar was speaking like you know the man being the head of the household the husband being the head of the household um so certain assignments i believe that you know that's it, it is that's it is what it is like that's what it is but when it comes to like the dressing and certain things like style i feel like it can be like kind of blurred lines and people don't understand that and it can be kind of problematic and i feel like that's why too it's like it can be controversial especially what monica was saying like where you know maybe the expectations are not being met and so as a woman we we tend to like overcompensate for the lack thereof and now we're taking on these roles that men should be doing you know so it's just like and then I can't even like blame them because if the the father or the husband is absent, like you know, or they're a single parent, like they kind they kind of have to you know kind of make up for that. Um, so it's just like, oh, yeah, that um. So I do believe that there are generals. I do believe in generals um, to a certain extent. I, I guess, I guess. Um. So, so in relationships, um, I have like in relationships, um, we tend to hear or expect men to be um the one to ask a woman out and to pay the bill and so how do we feel about that do we feel like that is acceptable or the expectation is just too much for that like should that be expected yes. i think if you're being asked out then yeah if you got invited out so that's assuming that you you're, you're taken care of because otherwise why did you get invited out <laughs> okay there's just certain things that a gentleman just does. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, um, pumping a woman's gas. You know what I'm saying? That's just something that's just something that you should do. You know, um, that's not something that I was taught in my household. But I know that's something that my wife um, was brought up in her household where her dad pumped her gas all the time. So because I didn't know that, um, you know, we talked about and everything. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Because certain things you just, all you have to do is just discuss about it. You know what I'm saying? So that as a gentleman, that's just normal to do. So when it comes to like asking out a woman out and then having to pay for the first meal, that's just normal to do. Like I believe the man should always you know, pay for the first date. Because why? We're here, we're here to, 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 uh, to, to pursue. You know what I'm saying? You're not pursuing me. I'm pursuing you. If I'm pursuing you, I'm, I'm going to want to pay for the meal. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to want to ask you out first. The woman should not be the one to ask the man out first. You know, that that's not, it's just certain things it, it's unspoken of, but it's just, when you think about it, it's just not normal. You know what I'm saying? It's just not, it, it just doesn't feel right 
for a woman to pay for the first meal and take the man out and pursue the man and ask the man now and ask the man if you want to get married and all this other stuff. You know? All of that is way too far. So that's where I stand with that. I agree. Um, a while back, I'd probably say, you know, we could go. I think I even said it a few weeks ago. You, we can go Dutch. But then I thought about it after that. I said, wait a minute. What are we going Dutch for? Like a man that finds a, a wife finds a good thing. So if you are dating me, if you are courting me, that everything about it needs to be intentional. I don't want to be going into a relationship with you or just even talking to you or allowing you into my space or my circle. If you don't even think it's fit for you to pay for my meal, that shows already the expectation that you have for what we're going into, if it's anything at all. And I think that that first date says a lot about where it could head. Um, if they're not treating you as a queen, the queen that you are, then guess what? Either you've allowed it or they just aren't, they aren't ready for you. They're not ready for what you have. And I think with women, we get too complacent because, because we don't see it on a daily. We're like, oh, well, I guess I'll go Dutch. No, like <laughs> you have to know your worth. You have to know who you are. God said, position yourself. He didn't say be a fool. So I think that we have to be more knowledgeable and more, you know, have our standards and set them at a level and we're not going beneath that. Um, and now I'm not going Dutch with you. I'm sorry. You act like you said, laugh. you asked me out. Okay. You're pursuing me. You are seeking me. So because of that, you got to come correct. And not just with that, but also your questions. What do you want to know about me? Like, I don't want to just go on a date and there's very generic. Okay. Well, how you feeling? You know, okay. Well, what you do, you ask me one question about what I do and I'm asking you a plethora of questions about what you do. That's about, that's a, you don't already see the discord there. So on these dates, we need to be looking at every single detail because that's really showing us who we're getting to our relations with. But then I got this one question for Monica. Does, and it's not a shade question at all, whatever. But does where we choose to eat matter? Okay, because a lot of times, you know, and, and I understand, you know, we don't want to be too bougie. You know, the woman don't want to be too bougie and, and be like, well, they got to take me to Ruth's Chris. I got to get a $68 state, you know. Um, does where you guys eat matter? If the man is going to treat you like a queen and the man is going to treat you like the princess that you are, does it matter where you eat? Is that a reflection of how he feels about you? And what if he doesn't have enough money? You know, is that an issue too and all that stuff? So, so I would say it like this. There are certain places, I'm going to say no, but at the same time, there's certain places out of respect and out of just, you shouldn't just take me. Don't take me to McDonald's. Don't take me to, um, you know, just, just don't. Now, if you do it, it's like I said, it's all about intentionality. If you don't have a lot of money, let's go outside and pick <laughs> Like it doesn't have to be a whole facade, but at the same time, I want to see your effort. So, you know, if you take me to McDonald's, man, first of all, I don't eat it. But secondly, like you better set that thing up so nice. I mean, have tablecloths on the table. Okay, a red carpet walking in, something, something. Like you gotta make up for what you, for what we're doing here. I mean, we could go to Olive Garden and have the best conversation, most intentional conversation. Open the door for me, you know. Like talked about life goals, dreams. I don't mind that, but when you come to at me half stepping across the board, that's where the problem comes into play. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. No, I don't no, feel like. No, 
No, no, it's not a lot. No, I'm saying because it's like, you know, some men, they 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 do that, like Burger King or McDonald's on the first date, whatever like that. And I feel like it's wrong because I feel like where you eat at is a reflection of how you feel about the person. Like if you if you like that person so much and love that person so much, you're going to want to do above and beyond, even though if it's not Ruth Chris or a fancy restaurant. But like it's just the thought that counts, like, you know, going out on the, you know, putting a picnic on the grass I'm getting some flowers, having a nice note for her. You know what I'm saying? Just doing something sweet. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. some women, they don't like all the glamorous stuff. They just want to see, you know, can you put the details in it? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I believe it's all about intentionality. And I feel like you have to sell me on the experience. So um, I guess I can answer um, just like Monica was just like, no, you don't got to take me to no Ruth Chris. But at the same time, I feel like, it needs to be an experience. So going back to the intentionality where I love you guys laughing, going back to the intentionality where it's just like, you know, I'm not saying you gotta, you, you gotta spend, you know, how much, you know, how much money, but it's just like, were you intentional? Did you plan this thing out? Did you do your research about this restaurant? Did you do your research about this setting? Um, did you re- do your research about what it is that I like or dislike? Cause maybe you might take me somewhere, a steakhouse and I'm a vegetarian. Like, you know what I mean? So did you go, like, did you go the lengths to like, okay, like where, 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 where is suitable to take this girl? You know what I mean? And that's, that says a lot. Like, and the, the experience again from, do you, did you open the door for me? Like all of this plays a role. Like, and even if you were to take me to some McDonald's, like I don't eat that. I mean, I, maybe I grabbed some fries, but if you were being like, you picked me up, you did, you opened the door, like you sold me on the experience and maybe you didn't have like the knowledge to know like, okay, this is not somewhere you probably take them on your first date. Like if you could sell me like there, maybe I might, I'm like, all right, we're not staying here. We're going to go somewhere else. But if it was like trash from the get go, it's just like, yeah, bye. Like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm saying you got to be over. If you got to go to McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or Checkers, you got to be over the top. I mean, pull up in a limo or something. Listen, you better have rented out that whole restaurant or something. Type of stuff. Like, the people better come dressed in uniform. Period. Period. I mean. Listen. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, we have a question. Hey. Okay, so uh, Melanie says, do you believe a husband in a household should be put first before the children? What are your beliefs? Um, There has been many arguments. People put children before their spouse, but the spouse is the head of the household. I think we talked about this before, Lafayette, but um, in a conversation. But go ahead. What'd you say? I think so, yeah, because if your marriage isn't happy, then the kids aren't going to be cared for. So... that doesn't mean that if the kids have an emergency and your husband don't have food at home, you know, that's different, but prioritizing, like yeah. he should know that you are his number one after God, like, you know, it should be clear. And that's something that comes from discussion and stuff. Like a man will let you know how he wants to be respected or regarded, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, um, no, you're going to go. That's, I agree. Uh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. for me, like food isn't a thing. I don't care if you cook. I can get something to eat, but I want the house to be clean, or I don't like to do laundry. So, you know, small things like that. You know, it's different for each person. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that was like a viral question that was going around. I think it was like two years ago. Um, and they were asking, oh, like, 
if you know you made food, who's getting the who's eating first, who um plate is getting fixed first? Is it the the husband or the um the children? And I remember like the husband was just like, I'm supposed to get fed first, I'm the husband, da, 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 da. and that was like a viral question. Um, so Lafayette says yes. I think that's different though. Yeah, that's, that's playing different. too much that's, into that's it. Oh, okay. That's something else. Like I don't care. It's not that, the fact that you cooked is enough for me. I can fix my own plate now. Yeah, if you kind and do that for me, great. But mm -hmm. the kids are also a very large responsibility. So if they got to be satisfied and quieted down and get full so that we can have our time, then get them out the way. Like you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's playing too much into it because I think from this sense, the way God intended it to be, um, your husband should be taken care of. He is first. He's just vice versa. So that way, when it comes down to your kids, you're both equally able to give what you're supposed to give to your children. Um, because let's say I have a child, we have a child, but yet they come before you. Now your needs aren't being met. So now I'm basically a single, you know, it's just, it's like, it's just the order that goes back to what um, Villard was saying, like you and your spouse have to be in conjunction before you can produce or, you know, give your energy to anything else or else it's not going to function the way that it's supposed to. And then your kids will be respecting mama, but then got an issue with daddy or just all kinds of confusion starts to happen. So just being on the same accord and making sure all needs are met. Right. Um. So when I think about when it comes into like order and, when it's talking about like children and husband, I don't know if you guys like know about that little pier the pyramid where it's just like God, the right? The right the umbrella where it goes God, um, the the spouse, the marriage, the the children, you know, ministry or church, family stuff like that. Um, I definitely believe that there's order, and if you do things out of order, you're not going to get the blessings. The best is not going to flow how it should be, like how I was talking about earlier. Um, and so. Like Monica was saying, like when you start putting your kids and people do that a lot and they don't realize that they start putting their kids first. Oh, these are my kids. I birthed them or whatever the case is. And now you're having problems within your marriage. And now your kids might start to resent, like you were saying, resent the other, you know, the spouse or resent the father or whatever the case is. And it's just like now you have this disorder in your family just because you didn't follow the line. You know, you didn't follow the correct order. Um, and I feel like there's a protocol that should be um, that should be met. Um, so I guess that answered our beliefs. And then. Right. Okay. So we, we all agree. Husband yeah. should be first. Okay. All right. Um, is it 30? So, all right. So I think, I think it was Lafayette or Villar that mentioned like, if the, if I'm, if I'm as a man going to ask the woman out, then I should expect to pay because I asked you out. But what if the woman asks you out? Should now she be liable to pay for the date? I feel like at that point we're friends. Because <laughs> no way, I I don't know how it feels about a woman asking me out. Like I'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> like we're friends, and I clearly don't see you in that way. So mm. if you want to pay for it, then I guess, but I probably won't even go. <laughs> okay, <Blart. laughs> Um. So there's, been, so there's been instances where, okay, so when me and my wife went on to the first date, um, you know, we went to the Cheesecake Factory here in downtown Baltimore. So I paid for the first meal. After that, there's times where I pay for the meal or she'll pay for the meal or I pay for the meal, she pay for the meal because we don't see it that way. We're married. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, we join our accounts. So it's like me paying for it or her paying for it is like we're both paying for it. You know, um, that's just the way it is in our household. 
Um, so I don't see it as an abnormal thing for a woman to pay for the meal. Um, if she has the money and they both agree on it, cool. Um, there's some men that have a big ego that hold their pride, and I don't see it as a bad pride, but they really want to take on that role as, listen, even though you invited me, I'm still going to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Because they just got it like that. Um, but yeah, but I've always paid for the meal in any of my dates. I never had anybody do that unless, you know, now that we're married, we do that now. But I see it kind of weird for the woman to pay for it. But if that's how they want to do it, it's not a sin. It's not bad. Um, it's just everybody has their own preferences. So, yeah. Okay. Monica, you have anything? I'm going back to I'm not asking no man on no date. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right um okay that's that's fair i agree i i feel like there's people there's there's women go because i don't know if y'all been seeing that on social media like there's women that are now proposing to men all right that's a whole no it's a no it's a no they then the same ones and i'm not i'm i don't want to say i'm not knocking nobody but I still want y'all to listen, okay, women? Because I think that we are subjecting ourselves to the opposite of what we expect. We want guys to lead. We want our husband, our mate to lead. We want him to guide us, to protect us, to honor us. But yet, we're trying to establish that. I almost think it's a lack of faith. I think it's like, okay, I don't see God acting in the way that I expect him to act. So let me go ahead and find my spouse. Let me go ahead and propose to my spouse. Let me go ahead and make this happen before God is intending it for it to happen. Because I truly believe that when God sends your mate, he has told him and revealed to him that it is time. This is the one for you. And I think when women go and we make that step, we do it haphazardly we do it out of like well i just want to i want to mate and i feel like i was almost there not to get on one knee not at all but it was more so like i see you as my spouse like let's get together but clearly we were not meant to be together during that time but if it was left up to me we'd probably be together so i think it's important that we allow men to take that role and even when they're not that just may mean that either they're not ready or they're not the one for you not take it upon yourself to go make this happen Right. Yeah, that's very true. In the Bible, there was no woman in the Bible that pursued a man. Nobody. Now, there was only one person. Now, Ruth, she put herself in position, but yeah. did not pursue. She put herself in position, but Boaz took that opportunity to pursue. You know what I'm saying? Um, when Ruth laid at her feet, Boaz seen it, and then that's how it all happened. But the men... In um in the Bible, always pursued. It was never a woman trying to pursue a man or anything like that. It was always the man pursuing the woman. So it is very abnormal for a woman to get on one knee to a man and ask for his hand in marriage. And it is even weirder for the man to accept it and see it as normal and say yes, like a female, because he's not even supposed to wear an engagement ring. Okay, we only get the wedding ring. We don't get the engagement ring. So that's what's abnormal to me. But I digress because America's weird. That's hot. I, <laughs> I, I ain't been there, so I can't speak on it. <laughs> He's saying that. Right. is married. Oh my God, that's it. He can speak on that. I don't know that about all of that. So this no, is but. Like Monica said, is like 
the lack of faith and and I feel like if you have to get to a point where you gotta get on your knees and ask this man to be your husband, like then that he probably wasn't trying to marry you. Like mm -hmm. I just like right, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm talking to the man. Like if if a woman got to a point where she had to get on your, her knees to to ask you to marry her, like you probably didn't even have in your mind to marry her, or maybe it was she was going. Um, I don't let things go that far for somebody to feel like they can propose to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if I get that vibe from you, like, oh, she control, but she's gonna, uh uh, I'm backing away. Like, no. <laughs> uh, so maybe but I think it comes from women being in relationships for so long. Mm. Like, they'll be in relationships for like maybe five years and they feel like, okay, it's time. So, is he not doing it? Let me go at. Yeah. But the first problem is you sat there for five years. Right. And. Mm -hmm didn't have the conversation mm -hmm. you don't even know where you stand really mm -hmm. and i think especially if you're having sex now you've really just opened up everything what do you got to marry you for if you got full access now what do you mm -hmm. marry you for now and i feel like women now take the initiative of we already basically married and even if you have kids that's another step we already basically married i might as well go ahead and go ahead and ask him but what you fail to realize is you're opening up a whole door of miserableness. Like you're literally about to be miserable because of the fact that he has not shown you as of yet that he is your mate, that he is your spouse. But yet you think that marriage all of a sudden is going to turn him into this person mm -hmm. that you expect for him to be. But that is not the case. That's like moving to another state because you want to escape your problems. Them same problems going to be right there with you when you get to California. Oh, let me stop. The same problem's gonna be right there with you when you get to wherever you're going. So I think close the shade. Um, so I think that we have to just as women take a step back, and that's why I think gender roles are important because it does kind of make us realign and put us back in our place. Our position is to position ourselves. That's it. Everything else, if your spouse ain't showing you, or not even your spouse, if this man is not showing you what you are expecting, what God has told you you're worthy of, then you need to let it go. Yeah. I don't care how many years you've been in it, don't waste no more. Get out. Get yeah, out. I, I definitely, I believe in taking people at face value. If people aren't clear on their intentions with you, take them at it. Like, don't try to look into it. Don't try to pull it out of them. If this man is beating around the bush, yeah, beating around the bush kind of man. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, but this is another thing too, because you, you can't know, change nobody. <laughs> this is the thing: when a man proposes to a woman, it shows his commitment. So if he's not able to show his commitment to you, but you know, what I'm saying he can go on there for five years without having no type of commitment. That's a problem because every because nobody wants to get married because they say that's a too much of a big responsibility. But everybody in the world can have kids. Like as if that's not a responsibility, you know what I'm saying? So I believe that every man, um, this should, you know, marriage and all this other stuff should be talked about in dating to have to know, like, listen, where are we going from here on out? Because, you know, a man should not be waiting a year to propose. And I know that might tickle every that, that might piss everybody off. You say what? It doesn't take that long. A, a man should not propose in a year. Should or shouldn't? Shouldn't. Like he should like he should so it should not take a year for him to propose. It shouldn't because it doesn't take that long to find out if that's the girl that you want to spend your life with. You know what I'm saying? Now I understand there's stuff with school and things with you know um education. That's understandable. You know what I'm saying? But when you really love somebody and you really want to spend your life with them, it doesn't take two years, three years, four years, six years. You know, we six years dating, four years engaged. And now we're getting married. 
You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take that long, you know? So um, my main thing is, is that, of course, social media has this thing where, um, you know, they tell you that, okay, you know, in order to get to know somebody, you got to at least, um, you know, date them for two years, get engaged with them for three, live with them for a couple of years, and then marry them. You know, because in order for you to know if they're good in bed, you know, you have to have sex with them first. As if sex, you know, God never made sex for tryouts. God never made sex for to be in an audition. It was never created. That way. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of things backwards. And honestly, I don't feel like there is a timetable of when to propose somebody. If you want to do it in a month or two months, I've seen marriages do it in a month and they got married in a month and they still married till this day. So. I don't think there should be a timetable of when to propose, but there should be a time limit because it doesn't take years to know if somebody is your wife or husband. And, and Valar, I just want to let you know, you made some people mad just now, but that's okay. Because some people have been in relationships for over two, three years and like, well, when is it going to come? But you have to be able to have the discernment and to recognize when a man is actively pursuing you. If you've been in a relationship for three years and nothing has come of it, he's not actively pursuing you. Y'all are both complacent with each other. You both have decided that you're going to operate in this, whatever you want to call it. We call it entanglements now. Whatever you want to operate in, that's what you are. That's what you're in. That's what you're dealing with. So a man that is actively pursuing you, he will know. I believe, just like you said, Valar, within a year, he will know if you are the one for him. Because through that act of pursuit, it takes intentionality. That intentionality comes straight from God because he's going to tell you, all right, this this is, okay, these are the things to ask. These are the things to look for. Not only that, but he's going to reveal it to you because the woman has already positioned herself. So a man knows who his spouse is going to be when pretty much, I say within the first three months. If he sees you, he's actively pursuing you. He's going to say, wow, she has all the qualities. Wow, she's that perfect fit. Wow, that is my helpmate. Wow, look how she encourages me. Wow, look where I was and how she's already pushed me in the direction of where I need to go. That's who I want to be with for the rest of my life. But yet, if y'all both just staying stagnant together, I'll tell you right now, I don't care if you stay another 10, 20 years. I don't care if you get married. You're still going to be miserable because that is not necessarily your fit. And I feel like with women, and with men equally, this where gender roles doesn't matter. You have to understand when somebody is just sitting there playing with you and when somebody's serious about you. Like, and if you don't see the fruits of the labor, let it go. Let it go. It may simply mean that you still need to be single, and so do they. Because what if y'all are meant to be together, but now y'all just still operating together? You're nothing's going to come out of it, especially if you end up having children. Now your children are going to be dysfunctional because they're looking at a marriage or they're looking at a relationship that was supposed to be a marriage but never turned into that marriage because of the fact that y'all never were ready before you came together. So we have to make sure that we go through our singleness. It is essential because even now there are some things that God is doing within me that I know that is preparing me for my spouse. Okay, I hate to cook. Now I'm not saying I can't find a man that um, can cook. But that's something I still should know how to do. Like, and how can I go say, okay, I'm ready to submit to my husband, but I haven't submitted to God. I don't even know what submission looks like. Those are things that you learn within your singleness. You can't expect to just get married and automatically pursue and automatically have these characteristics and these traits that just automatically flow. This joy, this peace, this understanding, this gentleness. It doesn't just come like that. Building those fruits comes through your singleness. Yeah. Well said. Very true. Um, <clears throat> so the the question again was, um, what was the question? What was I talking about? 
Oh Lord, I don't even. I know. Okay, well, I was talking about it doesn't take that long. Um, and we were talking about um a woman proposing to a man. See, Monica, let's just. <laughs> yeah, um, but but very true, and I feel as though um, um, I think to what Monica said, like if you get to that place, I feel like where a ma- where a woman is having to propose or a woman is having to pursue, then you get and maybe you you do get married. Maybe he accepts your proposal and y'all are married. Then I feel like you still now have this weight on you where now you still have to lead in that capacity. You know what I mean? Because he was never the one to lead in the first place. He never even, he never let to even propose to you. He never let to make that commitment. And now you're in this relationship in this marriage where now you have this expectation on him, but he not going to fulfill it because he never pursued you in the first place. He never mm-hmm. led you in the first place. He never even proposed to you in the first place. So really he might've just said yes to shut you up. So Ooh. here's your, here's your marriage, but I'm never, I was never really committed to you. Right. And so now can we even hold them to that standard anymore? Because he never he never wanted to commit to you in the first place. He probably just said yes, because to shut you up. Like, OK, this is what you wanted for the last five years. OK, fine. But don't expect me to commit to you because I never wanted you in the first place. Yikes. And then we got to yeah. deal with that. But Unless this is what I'm going to say. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I know we coming at men a lot in this uh, podcast, but. I don't blame you guys. And the reason why is because he is the leader. He has to call the shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He don't determine when he wants to, when you want to be a fiance. Um, no, you don't determine when you want to be a fiance. He does. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, you know, it is the man's fault if a relationship long gates so long because a woman shouldn't have to ask a man, okay, what are we? Okay, where are we going? Okay, what's the blueprint? Because the man should have the vision Mm-hmm. In order to see ahead on what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? He should have the vision of where he wants to go, where you guys are going to live. What house do you guys want? You know what I'm saying? What is the blueprint? What is the plan? You know, what is the what is the divine layout of where you guys are going to be five years from now, two years from now, one year from now? You know what I'm saying? I believe every man um, should have his commitment tested um, in a relationship, every man needs his commitment tested because if he's not committed now, he's not going to be committed when he's married. You know, if he has commitment issues now, if he keeps dropping the ball now, he's going to have issues when you guys are married. So I do believe that a lot of the reasons why relationships may fail, I would say is because of us met, not every man, but as us being the leaders, um, we have commitment issues. You know, we're, we're, we're playing with a woman's heart. Um, we're, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we don't talk about, um, marriage, you know, where do you want us to be? You know, where do you see us? You know, like, where are we projecting to, you know, to go? Because I don't believe that you should propose and a woman, um, should not know whether, uh, you guys want to be married. And I believe you guys should have that talk about, listen, I want you to be my wife and I want you to be my, like this stuff should be spoken about. So there's expectations to know that, okay, this is not just an ordinary relationship. We are not just dating. We're actually trying to go somewhere and hit a goal, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's good. That's a good point too. And I think, um, Take you that you you took the responsibility for the men, <laughs> um, but I also think too um, as a as a woman and even 
because I don't want to like, you know, point my finger at them too, because I can understand where, you know, I feel like growing up or it, the, the, the responsibility on a girl to a woman is, you know, they teach us how to be a wife, how to be a woman. And so we have this and now we're just like, all right, cool. Like we've been, we've been being taught all this time how to be a wife. We went, we went through these conferences. We sat at these, you know, these seminars or whatever the case is. And now we, we, we have it, we, but what, but the, the man is not wanting to commit. Okay. <laughs> I know what to do. I, I'm, I've been preparing for this all along, but he's not ready to commit. And so going back to you saying like the man, you know, not um, wanting to commit or having to prove that commitment factor, I feel like going back, you know, if I want to go back to the root of it. I feel like, okay, well, if we're being taught as a woman, you know, okay, how to be a wife or how to be a woman, how to be a lady and stuff like that. Like, are the men being taught the same thing? Like, are they being taught how to be a husband and be, and maybe not maybe the lack thereof is the reason why they're not wanting to commit in that state or i don't know i'm asking y'all oh there's not enough conferences <laughs> for men in regards to how to be there's a lot of conferences a lot of webinars a lot of zooms a lot of <laughs> um discipleship trainings about how to be an effective wife my wife wasn't a you know a lot of them um but there's so many things there's so many resources for women about how to be a wife how to do this, how to please a man, how to do this, how to do that. But I don't feel like there's enough resources uh, for men on how to be a great husband. How do we become the husband that she wants? How do we be there? You know, um, me, I was always taught to fix everything. So when she's crying or when she's sad, I'll be like, well, the Bible says this and that, this and that, this and that. And being a minister and being a preacher, it's easy for me to do that because I do it to everybody else. But now it's like I have to learn how to be a husband to my wife, not a preacher or a prophet or an apostle to my wife. She don't want that. She wants a husband. So we have to learn that we can't fix it right then and there. But that's something that I had to learn on the job because I didn't have no prior training. I mean, yeah, we did, you know, marriage counseling, but there was no resources on how to become the husband that she needs. You know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like there is enough resources for men for us to do. And, you know, and I feel like there should be more, you know, so that we can be the husband that she desires and that us men can be more effective husbands in a marriage because some of us don't know how to lead and we don't know what it means to lead, you know, and some of us are too bossy. Some of us, we don't give our wives a voice. You know what I'm saying? We, we make all the decisions, but we don't share in the certain decisions that, you know, some decisions could be made, you know, when you got shared together, you know, we don't know how to be the husband. So now it looks like dictatorship or I'm Hitler and you're the Jew and you got to obey everything, every little thing I say. So I feel like there should be more resources for men so that we can be more effective um, in our roles as a husband. That's that. I'm glad you, you state that because I feel like, you know, I always want to look at like the, the root of it where it's just like, okay, well, why is it that, you know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, well, maybe because we're so ready as a woman, because this is what we've been taught our whole lives. Okay. You got to know how to cook. You got to know how to clean for when you have your husband and all this stuff. And now we've gotten to this age and it's just like, all right, cool. Like I'm ready. And it's just like, okay, he's not ready. What's going on. And I could see why a woman would go on her knees, like, and try to propose to someone because she, you know, is like, I'm ready my whole life in a sense. And let's do this. Um, and then I had two things. I had a question, but I wanted to go back to, um, what you were saying about how you would like quote scriptures or you would say these things, but then you realize that there was another another need in a sense to be met. And going back to the original, um, to one of the questions earlier about um, whether or not we believe in gender roles and the reason why it says yes and no at the same time, because like technically like the way society um, 
the expectations that they put on a man versus a woman is the woman is more emotional. The woman is more on, you know, she more on the emotion side where the man is just, you know, he provides, he's a protector, you know, he doesn't show his emotions and things like that. And that's why I feel like that can be problematic because I feel like, you know, um, like the older couples and stuff, we saw this, this, um, this sense of dictatorship or this sense of um, like, uh demonizing like emotions in men or, or if they started to have emotions it was like don't have that you know you're a man and then it can and i find it to be problematic in marriages because like you were saying like if there's you know i'm looking for you to to share that emotion with me or i'm looking for that side of you but you're not showing it because you've been taught as a man that you shouldn't show emotion that you should just be working protecting and this is how you fulfill you know that need but it's like, I don't care for that right now. I'm looking for your emotions. That's why I find it to be problematic. So like, how did, was that a problem for me or for you? Or you just was just like, okay, I see this is, this is, this is where I, I need to share my emotions or what? How was that process like for you? That was a huge problem for me. I'm talking about, I cry probably like one time a year. I do mm -hmm. not cry. Um, I've never seen my father cry because a lot of, of, you know, men, <clears throat> Being a husband or men in general, it it all it, 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 it a lot of times it plays a part in the household. Mm -hmm. um, it plays a part with the parents on how they treated you. I I was raised by good parents, but um I never really cried like that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And showing emotion was kind of hard because I would try to I'd I'd be like you know I am showing emotion. This is how I am. I I, I don't know how to show emotion or I don't know how to be vulnerable. You know, and it can even leak into your relationship with God. So it was an issue, but that's something, but that's something that I had to learn, like I said, on the job training. So, you know, when she got into the little moods and everything, I wouldn't bring up the Bible. I wouldn't bring up scripture. And, and it's not saying that the Bible is not effective or it doesn't work, but we don't want to just give them scripture and then just be like, well, just here, here, here it is, recite it, believe it, and you'll be fine. No, women want to be heard. They want to be listened to. Um, they want to be understood because the Bible says husband dwells with your wife with understanding so that um, so that your prayers will not be hindered. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it shows that, you know, if we don't dwell with our wives with understanding or if we treat our wives with disrespect, God is going to hinder our prayers. Our prayers will not even get answered. And that's how serious God takes that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so I had to learn to, you know, to listen um, to allow her to vent like today, you know, she vented to me and everything. And I, and I had to sit there, hold a hand and allow her to vent and allow myself to understand how she's feeling, not try to fix it. But sometimes a woman just wants to vent and be heard. You know, they don't want you to fix it. They don't want you to try to be Mr. You know, Bob, the builder, just listen and understand me and be there. So yeah. I, I think that's a good practice as well, um, because um, I've heard a lot of stories where, you know, the father, they had a father figure, or there was a father in the house, but he wasn't present. And the reason for that was because, okay, my own personal whatever, but um, I've heard of like people resenting like their fathers or resenting their, their, um, that, that father, because they weren't there for like their school activities. They weren't there for the games, but they were there in the house, meaning that they, what the father knew and growing, I'm, I'm from a I'm Caribbean background. So I'm from, I'm Haitian, whatever. So like Haitian men, what they know is that they need to protect, they need to provide. So getting like two jobs to make sure that you have food, you know, the bills are being paid. You got food on the table. That's where they're seeking to do because that's what they've been taught as a man. That's what a man should do. Right. And so 
effort of like, you know, the children resenting their father because, oh, they didn't come to my, um, they didn't come to my piano lesson or they didn't come to my games or whatever the case is because they had an expectation for their father that, but their father thought they're meeting the expectation of just providing for them. So you saying, you know, you realizing even with your wife that, you know, you may need to hear her, you may need to um, understand her and things like that. I feel like that's practicing, that's practice for you for when you have your kids. You know, it's not just a matter of, okay, I need to work to make sure they have they, they have their school clothes, they can go on their filters, but understanding that they may need me to, you know, sit with them and do their homework. They may need me to, to go to their school and see what is that they're doing at their school and activities like that. And so that's why too, like sometimes I have a, a, a issue with um, the expectations that society puts on a man and a woman because there are things that is not always going to be met following their guidelines. You know, yeah, that makes sense. And then um, yeah. you had something. Oh no! Everything you said was was very true. Um, God is a very involving father, and we can't just stick to leading, protecting and um, providing, but we also have to be involved um, in our children's lives, you know what I'm saying? Because although we think, because of course, I'm, I'm Haitian, we, we both Haitian, you know, so I said, no, we live, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but I understand what you're saying, you know, Haitian men, they just feel as if like, this is what I need to do because this is what they did in Haiti, you know what I'm saying? But they don't understand that you need to be involved. Like, ask me how my grades were. You know what I'm saying? Do you even know what grade I'm in? Do you even know what school I'm going to? You know what I'm saying? All of that plays a part, you know? So being involved um, as a father um, plays a huge part in a child's uh, development in their life. And I debate, you know, who's teaching you guys that? Who is truly that role model? Because, you know, what you're saying is grand. It's great. That's the expectation. But in real life, like, in real life, that's not what we see. You know, as a teacher, I probably have two men that show up for their kids. Um, and that's just because that's kind of like the societal norm. Like men don't show up to PTA. They don't show up to hear their children's grades. So how do we change that trajectory? Because, you know, a lot of times men are stuck in their ways because they have been conditioned to be that protector, to be that provider. But what else are we giving men? Like you said, they need more conferences. They need more conversations. But how we do? How do we start that? You know what I mean? Like I, it was so to the point where I saw my students at, you know, my school. And I'm like, these boys are just being labeled as bad. You know what I mean? Because at this point, with so much going on, even as a male, you have to be able to release your emotions because there is so much going on in society. And my boys, they they didn't have a way to really cope or to deal with it. So I started a whole program, a whole initiative called Progressive Young Men. But at the same time, I'm a woman. So what can I truly give to these boys? So I had to call in men from outside to really mentor these boys. But I think that's something that has to be more of a norm. If not, it's going to continue to be this conditioned thing that will go on from generation to generation. And we won't have those strong male Role, those strong male figures. Um, and as women, we can't expect to find our spouse and expect that he's ready to protect and provide, ready to be nurturing as well, um, if we don't have anybody really showing our men how to do that. So I think on the same time, same token as we point fingers at men, we still have to have some outlet for you guys to express yourselves, for you guys to, you know, come up with the real issues. Cause we know that you guys have real issues that you face too, that sometimes you feel like you have to be on hush hush about because you just don't talk about, like you just don't cry. You just don't, but that's not realistic. So what can we do or what can maybe men now establish to reach this younger generation? So that way they will grow up into the men that God called them to be. Even with the church. Yeah, that's a really good question because a lot because a lot of 
the development of a man, it comes down to like a woman or, you know, a lot of single moms out there due to, you know, there's no marriages. So we have a lot of baby mamas and baby daddies. And as a result of that, the woman is stuck to raise a child by herself. And, you know, it's not easy to raise a man um, as a woman. You know what I'm saying? Because there's certain things that a man has to learn, but a woman can't teach that. You know what I'm saying? It has to be the father that can teach that. Um, and uh, and when we have that, it's really hard for a man to be everything that God is calling him to be. And of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see the issue, but I'm still growing in my manhood in terms of, you know, being a husband, being a man. So I can't even give those um, outlets or those uh, or those resources. And but one, but I do have visions of doing that, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's just all about the men who are seasoned in that area um, to be uh, what you can, uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, the men who are seasoned in that area to, to give those resources, you know what I'm saying? Because it's much needed right now because we have a lot of men, like I said, they're being dictators or they're beating their wives and, you know, they're. Mm -hmm. Technology is not our friend tonight. <laughs> but, um, oh, I could say I had something. <laughs> go ahead, Juan, please. I'm, I'm really curious. Like, <laughs> I would say that it starts with men being open. Being emotional is not gay. Hugging another man is not gay. Being there for another man is not gay. But yeah. what I've seen a lot of times is when I do have those opportunities to go in spaces with other men, it's very closed off. Um, people don't, men don't open up like that. We're not that, those kind of people. Um, and it was crazy. I'll never forget. I went to, um, it was a, something at my church with the men and they had us write down what our worst fear was. And do you know that all of us had the same answer? And I never knew that I thought I was alone in that thing. And that thing, that biggest fear was failure. And it's like, why can't we have discussions about that? Why is it that we're doing everything alone? I think that's the big problem. We're doing things by ourselves, a lot of us, not all. Um, unlike women, y'all have support systems. That's one thing I love about y'all. Y'all got y'all sisterhood. Y'all got all of that. Even men, we got our support systems, but it's limited. We're going to talk about a few things. And you can use your imagination for those things it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like a lot of men are closed off. Even me and my dad, it's only recently that we can have conversations where I'm not worried about saying something wrong or offending him or, you know, trying to respect him when I have feelings and I need to get them out. You know, and I think my dad was a military man, very strict. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. It's what I say. And that's it. So it's like, you know. When you're raised that way, you assume that in your own life when you do grow up. So it's like, OK, if that's the only example I have, I don't have anybody else to, that I can truly open to and let it out. It's just going to stay inside and we're just going to keep the same cycles. And so then we don't know how to be husbands. We're doing it on our own. We don't understand commitment. We didn't see it in our households or we saw it, but it was broken or we saw a piece of it, but it never lasted or in and out, you know, so many situations. And then um, I think even the breakdown of men um, in their commitment or wanting to be a relationship, a lot of men were raised by women. And with that, you have women who raise their sons out of hatred for their baby's father. Mm -hmm. um, and now you have hate speeches every day. You have all this stuff and you created a man that hates himself. And he's trying to, he's trying to live this life. He's trying to figure things out. 
Again, he don't have a support system that he can open up to and actually get help. Um, mm -hmm. So what you is it, it creates something dangerous. And I don't it's bad. But I think that a lot of men are doing the best with what they have. And until we can have people being real, like, hey, brother, I went through that. This is what I did to get through it. This is how I felt while I was going through it. I had to cry. I did this. I did that. Until we get that same cycles, it, you know, it's only so much you can do by yourself. Yeah. And I heard Villard mentioned seasoned men to provide these resources. But I challenge that because what is a seasoned man? What does that look like? I feel like our boys, not even just our boys, but men in general, you guys can benefit from each other no matter what state you're at. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, Lafayette was just saying, it's certain things that you may be going through that, man, listen, I went through the same thing. And I'm just sharing something that women do. And it's not all the time. And I feel like we're actually progressing a lot more than we used to because it used to be just like, you know, jealousy. It would take over in the women's side. Like, you know, oh, she thinks she better than me and she thinks she uh-uh like we couldn't like get past that barrier but i think now more so especially within the black community it's like girl i want to assist i want to see you winning i want to see i want to you know share your posts i want to make sure that you are you know reaching your fullest potential and i feel like the same conversations have to come within the men within you know y'all's community as well because if not you're going to stay in the same stagnant place like you're like you said you're going to always feel alone and in this world right now god knows Never intended for that and we already know that the church has its issues so it's very important that as in the world you know what i mean we're not of the world because we have you know accepted christ as our lord and jesus you know our, like our savior but the fact of the matter is we are still in the world and because of that we still go through these very real things that we have to discuss and talk about like even with my students listen you're frustrated right now you're angry and the decision that you're making is going to have somebody label you as bad as you know defiant and that's not truly who you are, but we're teaching these boys from a young age not to express themselves. So how do we expect them to grow up and just be vulnerable? It doesn't work like that. So women, I feel like we try to pull it out of you guys and you guys kind of step back because it's like, wait, that's uncomfortable for me. That's out of my norm. So I think it's something within y'all, like within the men's culture where you guys have to be more, you know, open, like even just starting with yourself you know i think even starting with this conversation with friends like everything we're talking about is real stuff that everybody's going through but imagine if we're not having these conversations mm -hmm. everybody's gonna feel like they're going through these things alone you know even rape that is something that has been happening like across the board for for ages but it's been a hush hush situation and now with the me too movement everybody's like oh wow everybody coming out now no it's been going on but we just now feel the confidence to come out and tell people about our story yeah. so it's important that we do have these conversations we do show that vulnerability and we do show our boys that it's okay to have these emotions it's okay to express yourself and that's what's truly going to you know help you matriculate into the husband that god has for you right and I feel like um, Lafayette brought up a good point where he said, you know, you have these these men, these boys that are being raised by single moms and they might be raising them from a bitter place where they, you know, whatever happened with their the, 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 the son's father, 
And so now they're raising them in this bitter place and they're planting these seeds of bitterness in their minds. And here's Lafayette saying, like, now we're growing up to even hate ourselves where we we're like, OK, she's been saying this, this and this about men all my life. I'm a man. So this must be who I am. Right. And so now we're in a situation or they're in a situation where now, you know, they might be, you know, seeing a woman or pursuing a woman or things like that. But it's just like, well, I can't even give my all self to you because I'm really broken. And, you know, I'm not even good because if my mom, what my mom was saying, the seeds that were planted in me, like, I'm not even good for you for so they're having all these these thoughts and all these battles and it's so true um what monica was saying about having that because they might not feel comfortable and as a woman i feel like we always be like you could talk to me you could talk to me we always try to help mm -hmm. we always try to nurture that thing out of them but in reality like i feel like it, it was it's not in our place to do so just like we have our sisterhood there's certain things that we talk to among, among them because they understand i feel like they will still even if they would give us a little bit it's like that y'all don't truly understand because you're not a male you know what i mean and so it, i feel like it's very important to have you know these brotherhoods to have these men that are just like look this is this is this is what it is you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and i know personally like i and and there are mothers that try like um i know a mother who she had like five kids and she's like look like you know the dad's in the house but i try to you know get um mentors for them i, I try to you know get their uncles and stuff like that involved like you know the, there are people that are trying because they understand that these are this is important um so yeah but i i definitely agree like especially with these young boys like and i feel like you know that's the enemy's plan because i feel like a a, a, a man a black male who knows himself like is very powerful you know what i mean i feel like he's a force to be reckoned with and i feel like that's the enemy's like plan to really keep like these black men down like i'm just being honest like and i feel like it's like um we're talking about cycles and these generational curses like it's really a curse on these black men and you know the more we talk about it the more we have these conversations i pray and believe that these chains will be broken yes. um and yeah these cycles will be broken for sure so um one thing though too before we close you know because you did say that there is an attack on men and that is very true um it's been like that since the bible days because i remember in the book of exodus um pharaoh has ordered every man um, every boy, every baby under the age of two um, to be killed. You know what I'm saying? This happened twice in the book of Exodus and then the book of, um, um, the, um, in the, and also the gospels because uh, they want, because I, I forgot what king it was, but they wanted Jesus killed. Mm -hmm. So they were like commanded every baby in, in that time to be killed. I think it was um, Hebrew boy, um, you know, baby boys under two or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder why did they never do the girls? Why wasn't, why, why didn't they command the girls to be killed? But it was the men, you know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a, it was a, a, a young child, you know what I'm saying? So they've been under attack all this time and even emotionally too, because us men were not taught to be vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? We thought, we think being a man is being strong and we think being strong means hiding our emotions. We think being strong is not expressing ourselves because we think that's being weak. You know, we think crying is weak because, you know, there's some people that kind of um, feminize us crying. You know, like, oh, it's, it's bad for you to cry. You should not be doing that. You're a man. You got to man up, suck it up. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and they said that in good intentions. They had good intentions saying that. But saying, you know, you got to suck it up, man. You a man, you know, so you can't be crying like that. You know, so you got to be strong. You know what I'm saying? So hearing that all the time programmed us to just, uh, you know, to just act like that. And like I said, it, they didn't do it, you know, intentionally to be mean, but it's like telling us to suck it up and to, 
and to be strong. And they didn't teach us being strong and, you know, mm-hmm. means to uh, not cry, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So we, it, it's teaching that needs to be, uh, you know, set in stone. And I do believe that, of course, yes, there needs to be a resource um, with men to actually, you know, dethrone certain things that we have learned since childhood. Because even when we get a cut on our leg as a child, suck it up, don't cry about it, you know, be strong, you know. You so all worry. of that is a part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very And I see a way to a tangible way to see. I mean, it would seem small, but over time it could be make a big difference. Like each man taking one guy under their wings, uh, or just walking alongside, like, hey brother, I'm here for you, or um somebody at your job maybe younger than you. You see, you know, good qualities and hey, let me let let me help you here. Here's where I think you could improve, you know, small things like that. And that'll make a big difference. You know, not only are you opening the line of communication, but maybe like you got an area expect expertise that that other guy doesn't have. Or maybe he has something that you don't have. And now you're creating a community and it may start with two. But in 10 years, that could be two hundred thousand. You never know. So, you know, taking a personal responsibility and it's a big part of it, too. And not just putting it on conferences and churches and meetings and all of that stuff. That's cool. Taking the, the initiative um, because they are the future and Mm -hmm. they play an important part in society. They play an important part in the world. And I, I have a heart for like men and boys. I just have a heart for them. Um, And I just definitely want to see them in their fullest, like reaching their fullest potential and I understand like the obstacles, like not to the not I don't understand it like y'all do, but I, I can I get somewhat of an understanding of the obstacles that y'all face. And it's just like, man, like what can I do as a woman? What can I do to like help to you know help in, in the way that I can? Um yeah. but yeah, but this this is definitely I pray that whoever's listening, like these are definitely like real conversations. And so um well, I kind of touched on it, but I have an I guess my last conver- um, last question for tonight is do you like believe that um, a person's masculinity slash femininity is being challenged when the opposite sex is operating and they're said to be role? What is masculinity and femininity? Mm. Because I feel like those are social constructs and they vary depending on where you are. That's true. That's very true. Um, What would you say? It's cultural. It could be cultural. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to find out the Americanized way or the Westernized, you know what I'm saying? Because it's cultural. So let's let's talk the Americanized way because we all live in America and we we all born here, raised here. So like based off like the American. I was going to say, I think if the intention is correct and respect is behind everything that you do, there shouldn't be any reason or need to feel like you're challenged. Um, So for instance, back to the hair, if I'm doing my daughter's hair because my wife can't do it or she doesn't feel like it, that's not me challenging your role. That's me out of respect, trying to do something to lighten your load. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take that role from you. It's me being helpful in that time. Mm 
I agree. I think masculinity and femininity is very ambiguous. And, you know, I think, let's say my husband wants to cook every night. You think I'm mad and challenged? Absolutely not. I'm happy. I'm elated. So I think it's just how you view things. It's your perspective on it. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing that, I'm not going to say nothing, but I mean, in the physical realm, like, I can't really say that there's something that my husband can't, that can or cannot do that I can't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but when it comes down to protecting and providing, that's his role. That's his job. I'm not going to mess with that. Um, but at the same time, can I still bring money into the household? Yes. And you should not be challenged by what I'm bringing in. Like, I'm, we are a unit. We are one. We are a partnership. So it doesn't matter. Even like we were talking about earlier, if my bank account, and it shouldn't even be my bank account, your bank account. You know what I mean? But if I'm bringing in more money than you bring, you know, more revenue, that shouldn't challenge you. I, that's how I feel. Okay. And I agree. And if you look at statistics, women are out earning, especially black women are out earning black men. So if I marry a surgeon and I'm an interior, de an interior designer, who's going to be making more money out, out the bat, out the bat? They are. That doesn't mean that I don't work hard. That doesn't mean that I can't take care of the household if something happens, but she's bringing in more money than me. And that's just a career choice that has nothing to do with gender roles or masculinity, femininity, fem femininity that has to do with passion and you know your drive and your skill set okay so then you so then if your your wife is bringing in in the sense is like the breadwinner is bringing in more um income you wouldn't feel challenged as a man you wouldn't feel I, no I was, holding a role. not for me because to me that doesn't matter that's a career that's something that can change it's something can happen to you you not have it anymore same thing for me i think it comes down to a conversation so if you bring it in triple what I am, uh, we have a conversation. Hey, this is what we're allocating for house spending. Any other money, this is what we can plan what to do with it. And we can move from there. It's not a thing of, oh, you're making more than me. So now I'm not a man anymore. Who cares? It's money. <laughs> if anything, that's better for me. Like we just, we both set up the family better. You know, why be mad about it? And women don't throw it in your man's face either. Cause then that's the, that's where the issue comes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, yeah. I thought Valar would say something. Um, okay. And Valar, likewise, like you agree with Lafayette, like you're fine with if your wife brought in more money than you did. No, you I'm fine with that. Like, I have to be the one making the, more money, the most money. You know what I'm saying? That's how I see it. So I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm about to say, you see, you see. <laughs> it don't matter. Like, if I say no, Valar, no. <laughs> Right. If you're a surgeon and you making all this money, that's good. Like it's going to our account. Right. <laughs> we share an account. So anything that I make, anything that she made, it just goes to one account. You know what I'm saying? So we both benefit because what's hers is mine and what's mine is hers. And you know, we both make decisions and you both get it done. You know, it's a blessing. Shoot, you made more money than me. Cool. I want you to do that. You know, that's your career. Everybody, we all got a different career field. You know, if I'm going to be an NBA player, but you want to be a social worker, I mean, of course, I'm going to be making more money, but that's because of my passion. I'm not trying, you know, it's not a competition. And it happens a lot of marriage. There's some people that compete. A husband and a wife are competing against each other. And of course, okay, you guys are making more money now since you're competing, but it's like, why are you guys competing against each other? It's one paycheck, you know? Um, as a husband, you know, we don't want to have that much of an ego to think that, oh, you know, I need to make more money. That It's not bad, you know? She just got a great career and you just, you know, you got a good one too, but it just doesn't generate much. That's right. 
And I see it like this. If somebody, if a woman's making more money than me, she's going to level me up. One thing about a black woman, she's going to level you up. Like, yeah, right. We're not going to leave you behind. Right. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. I was just going to um, throw in, like, do you think that as a man, you would expect for your woman to live within your means since you want to be the sole provider, even though she's making more money and you guys could be living at a higher, you know, I don't know. How would you see that? I would say we decide to create a safety net. Um, that means that no matter what, we have this money set aside in cases in case of an emergency. Um, outside of that, we should always live be up below our means because we don't know what's going to happen. So if we're one, we're putting everything together. Uh, it's not my salary, your salary, it's our money. So it's like, I don't know. I think those are discussions. I don't think it should be, oh, we only live on my salary or we only live on your salary. We create a, a safety net for both of us and we live comfortable, but we live smart and you know, we just prepare for anything that comes. That's good. That's a good, that's a very good question, Monica. That's mm -hmm. really good. Um, good. So, all right, so I know Villard is married. Villard has been talking about our account. And I have I have a question. I'll be having questions for married couples. So <laughs> like, they have separate accounts. Yeah. They got one account. Like, what's going on? Like, because I'm trying to know how, how it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. What is it? <laughs> huh? oh, we have you a married man. We don't know. Right. We can ask you. So I ain't gonna lie. At first, it was very hard to switch over to because I had my own account. I had Bank of America. She had Chase. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't switch over yet. You know what I'm saying? But it was hard to do that because it's like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though I had, you know, um, even though I had my own account, it's still we still felt divided in a sense. You know what I'm saying? And um, it still looked as if like. I had my money, she had her money, and there was no plan or anything like that, you know, for savings and how to do it together. So it was kind of hard because, you know, there was some selfishness there, you know, and she don't know that yet. I don't know if she's watching, but uh, there was a little bit. And um, but 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 I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to sharing an account. You know what I'm saying? It, it just didn't feel right to me. But as soon as we did it, it was amazing. You know what I'm saying? We just have to I just had to let go of all selfishness. Um, I just had to let go of all pride or whatever and be like, listen, you know, we're going to share one account. You know, your money, my money is our money. So you spend it as if it's yours. I spend it as if, as if it's mine. And it was great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was great. Now, now, she still has her own account because as a husband, it's like, you know, we're going to have a joint account, but I'm going to make sure you still have your own account so you can buy your little things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, give a little something, something, you know. That's just the way we do it, you know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, as for the woman, you want to be able to do that, you know what I'm saying, for the woman. So we have a, you know, a shared account. It's great. It's awesome. You know, we we have spending limits. We do, you know, have some type of order. We do have a savings account in there. So everything's great. But I make sure she still has her own account so that she can have a little money to spend on, grow, you know, on clothes and do her little things, buy her little stuff. So but Laura, you have really mastered marriage. I just tell you that now because if you if you didn't acknowledge that she had one, she was just gonna have one behind your back. Because I know a lot of women. <laughs> 
they won't tell their spouse that they have a separate account, but it's there. And I feel like it's okay. As long as like your main pot of money goes in the same joint account and you, it's how you allocate it. You can't just say, okay, this is just our money. And then this is it. And this is just for like, you need money for bills, for saving, for tithing. Um, and that just needs to be that discussion. And then from there, maybe out of your paycheck, an automatic two to $300 goes into your little account. I, that's just for you. And I, I, my husband, I feel like he can have that too. Listen, I don't want to be that wife saying you can't go out. You can't have fun with your friends. No, I want you to still have your pot too, because I know that our money together, this is for our necessities. This is for, you know, bills, ties, all that that we're discussing. But at my side money, that's my side money. And what I do with my side money now, I'll tell you, but I don't feel like I try to be sneaking like, Ooh, I just bought me a new, um, Hair, hair piece, yeah. uh, and I had a, I gotta hide it from my husband because I spent fifty dollars on. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Ooh, I got questions. Then yet again, before you ask that question, now we are in a little dilemma though because <laughs> we want to go Christmas shopping and it's and we talked about we we're like, baby, how are we gonna surprise each other? We have one account. I told her, well, I'm gonna kick you off the account. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I do the Christmas shopping on mine and then you can have, you know, your little old personal account. I'll just send the money over there, whatever you need and, you know, stuff like that, because it's, you know, like I said, it's going to get kind of tight now. So I'm trying to surprise and she can't look at Amazon, a whole bunch of Amazons down the, you know, bank statements because then it's not going to be surprised. No so that's another thing, too. But go ahead. See that. Sorry. Jonathan says we have one joint and two separate. Jonathan, hey Jonathan. So I want to know. So is the one joint account for the bills and stuff? Like, how does that work? And and then two, like, okay. See, so I've had people. I've had someone kind of like gave me this illustration, and it's changed my mindset about the whole joint account, two separates, and things like that. Um, what she told me was, I was like, yeah, we have a uh, you know sep uh, a joint account and you know for the bills and all that stuff. And she's just like, so what's the difference between doing that and having a roommate? Like, if you're just paying, you know, you paying your half your bills or whatever the case is from your check, and they're doing the same. Like, what's the difference between that and a roommate? And I was like, hmm, that's a good question. Okay. And so, um, so then I started having this idea, like, okay, one joint account. I mean, I feel like that's. It's, it's hard to think about it. Sometimes my heart beats a little bit because I'm like, wow, I'm putting all everything through and we just going to take it from one account. And then I have questions about, okay, well, what if I'm trying to, you know, buy a gift for them? Like, they're going to know. Take the money out. And just right. Yeah. right. So I was thinking, like, maybe just put the money, buy a gift card or something like that, and then buy what I need to buy so you're going to know exactly where the thing is coming from. I challenge that because I think that even if you have your two separate accounts, the issue comes if you're trying to privatize it. If it's an open thing and I know how much money in your account, you know how much money is in my account, I don't think that's an issue. Wells Fargo, it should have three different accounts for three different purposes. So listen, our joint account could be one, my account could be one, and your account could be one. Um, but I don't, I just don't hide, hide it. I think that's the, where the problem comes in. If, I, if you're my roommate, you don't know what I have in my personal account. But mm -hmm. if you're my husband, if you're my mate, then what's the problem with you knowing? Mm. Right, well, right. That, that's a good thing too. And I feel like a lot of times, um, why like having the different accounts became problematic because a lot of the reasons for divorce is because of finances. 
And I feel like because that person, like that spouse may not have been, like they had two separate accounts. So nobody knew what was going on in their accounts or what was going on in their personal finances because it was just two different things. And what happened was one, you know, one of the spouses weren't being good stewards of their finances, of their monies. They might've had, you know, gambling problems or they were, you know, just spending their money fervently on different, different, different things. And so when it came down to now it's time to pay the bills or now it's time to do this. And now you're telling me you're broke and like, what, like what happened to your money i feel like that was and going back to like the whole secrecy thing like everybody was just doing their own thing and nobody knew what was going on so that that makes sense like the whole like the accounts but we it's open like it's not it's nothing i'm hiding i'm not hiding money here and there okay jonathan answered um he says sometimes bills and to transfer funds to each other it's easier for us to manage all of our bills when we bought a house many other bills came we trust each other with money and we never hide anything i think that's that's what it is like being able to, because I know, like, sometimes, like, come with what I was talking about, um, like, that, okay, I guess I gotta just put it in. Sometimes it's like, you don't want to, like, it's my money. Like, I don't want to, or I got to tell you everything I'm doing, like, type of stuff. It's not about you no more. That's what right, we Right, exactly. Not about right. you. And like I said, I mean, like I said, every marriage is different. Whatever works for you, you, yeah. know, you know, we have two separate and then we had a joint. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's because one isn't wise enough financially. So, yeah, yeah. He, um, Jonathan said that's yeah. because one isn't wise enough financially and or being dishonest about it. We have the same mindset. And I think that's good. Yeah. If you you truly believe that, you know, y'all y'all have the same mindset and y'all are good. Like y- mm-hmm. y'all are going to steward it mm-hmm. while y'all are talking about it. Then, then yeah. <laughs> exactly. Every um, Tyra says every couple is different. So something y'all both can agree with. This reminds me of the episode of Martin, LOL. <laughs> I feel like it, it's it's definitely a topic that should be had. And I I believe that it should be had before the marriage because oh, yeah. you could be coming in with, oh, I'm going to keep you know my money or whatever because I don't even know how it's going to go down for it. And that person's just like, well, I'm willing to you know do one shirt account. Why are you you know hiding your money? So I feel like that should be talked about before yes. marriage because if we're not on the same, the same like page on this like it can be problematic and that shows level of commitment then we talk about that yeah mm-hmm. listen yeah. everything needs to be talked about before marriage because if you don't talk about it now once you get there it's going to be as if it's a surprise you know you don't want no mm-hmm. go in there knowing that okay i know exactly what you need what i need everything needs to be spoken about yeah. so yeah no more what are you doing every five minutes there's a lot to be talked about <laughs> right, right. Um, Jonathan says true and commitment comp- compromise. Oh, yeah, that but that's good because somebody could be well more so like maybe you're you're used to spending your money on just like oh whatever I just you know go out every night or I go out whatever and now you have someone that's a little bit strong minded that has a goal like all right we need to save for you know put our down payment on our house we got to save what we got to start putting you know kids uh, money in our future kids banks account for their college and stuff like that and if you have someone that's like that and you're like you're you're just trying to just ride the wave and just live life out you know whatever. It can be very problematic because it's just like, well, first of all, this is my money, <laughs> you know. So talking about it, making sure you're on the same page. Tyra says, "I want to know everything." <laughs> right. True, Valar. Um, everything on the table beforehand, and that I that's that's mm-hmm. that's important. Um, and so that question was coming from: Do we feel like that our roles are challenged if the opposite sex is doing your set to be role? Um. Jasmine says, "Fast can't stand the what you're doing conversations." Oh, right. Yeah. 
Um, so Monica answered. I can't recall um, if Villar and Lafayette, did you guys, um, well, Lafayette, uh, Lafayette did answer that. He said, no, yeah. he wouldn't feel like he, um, he's challenging the other person's role or his own role is being challenged. Monica answered. Villar, did you answer that? I don't think I did, but no, I wouldn't feel um, offended or anything like that because like I said, you know, um, a woman is there to help as a man is there to help. Mm -hmm. So I don't see it as a challenge or anything like that. I just see it as, you know, you giving me a helping hand and that's great. You yeah. know, so. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree um, because I was thinking about, it. I'm just like, you know, we all have like different gifts and I don't feel like our gifts or the gifts that that God gives us is specific to our gender. Like they're not like gender specific gifts. Like if you're gifted in, you know, organiz organization, but you know, secretaries and someone who's deemed like organized is usually like a woman. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to challenge that person. Like, Oh, that person's gay because he's a man and he knows how to organize things. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes that does happen. Um, but if you're good at organizing better than me, like you got it, like you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely believe that we should be a lot. We should give people the room to like exercise their gifts and what they they like to do, what they're passionate about. If you like to do hair, like who am I to say like uh, you know? And there's some good hairstylists out there, people who do makeup, like that are deemed like you know, um, women specific roles. But yet there are guys that are excelling in that, and um, I, I don't feel like my you know, femininity is being challenged or their masculinity is being challenged. Um, that's just something that they're just gifted in, um, I feel like. But um, does anybody have any questions? Jasmine, uh, Tyra says, right, Jazz, we're not doing what you're doing conversations. A lot more to be talked about than what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, so if you guys have any questions, so this November 8th, today's November 8th, so we met on a Sunday. Our next live is going to be December 5th, which is in three weeks and that'll be the last live um for this season so that'll be the season finale of season two a conversation with friends um so if you guys don't have any other questions or comments concerns um we can end off so we went and we went a little over today just because my um my power kept getting turned off so i was like oh my gosh I was going a little over, making sure we just had we had the full conversation we needed to have. Um, but y'all, y'all are good. I know Jonathan was on. Thank you for coming on. Sam, oh, what? Tyra says, Sam. Well, I'm trying to. Sorry. Darius likes the Kingdom Citizen tees on. Thank you. Oh yes, I have the Kingdom Citizen tee on, and like the royal blue. So I try to come on with different colors so y'all can see the different colors that we have. I'm trying to click on it, but my laptop is acting. Okay. Um, so thank you. Tell Darius I said thank you. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll put that link for the shirts as well. Um, if you guys don't have any other comments, concerns, everybody said what they needed to say. Um, I feel like this conversation was very um great and I feel like it was very needed, and we we hit different aspects of it, aspects that I didn't even think that um, you know, we were gonna get at, but I'm glad we did. Um, I'm just, I just thank you guys. We have one more show before the season ends. And I definitely appreciate y'all's perspective. I definitely appreciate the wisdom that you all individually have and that you guys bring forth to these conversations to make them meaningful. Um, and of course, thank you friends for joining Jasmine, Tyra, Jonathan. Alexis, Alexis was on. Um, we definitely appreciate you guys for, you know, sharing and commenting and engaging with us. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and 
um, end off in prayer so we can close out tonight. Thank you for joining us. Tarsus, I have the red one right now. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love the red ones too. I love it. Right, anybody is led to pray to close off? Okay. I'll pray. Pray. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Lafayette. Um, Lord, we just thank you today for this fellowship, this uh, conversation that we could have. Um, I pray, God, that this would th this conversation helped someone or gave someone a fresh perspective, God. I pray that for each of us, you would give us someone that we can talk to and that we can have to ask questions and learn from and grow from God. Lord, I just thank you uh, for this time again. I pray that you would bless this week. Give us what we need each day to make it through, God. Uh, we honor your name, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, of course, I didn't welcome back Lafayette. He wasn't on last week, but he's back this week. And we thank you for being on tonight. All right, you guys have a great week. Have a blessed Monday. Have a blessed rest of your evening. Um, and good night. And thank you so much. We love you.